This time on the podcast, we shout into the void, but the void gets its <laughs> gets its, gets, re- its <laughs> gets its revenge. I was gonna say. Yeah, you strikes back. Oh god! Now, now I've got it! Now I've got it! I've got it! This time on the podcast, we shout into the void, but the void strikes back. Coming to you live from the fourth floor of the Balboa Building in sunny Santa Barbara, California. It's pew 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 discussion dome. I'm Jai Ranganathan, PhD. I'm Kristen Weiss, PhD, VLB, <laughs> WBS, <laughs> Writer's Block Sufferer. Kristen Weiss, as a writer, what are the threats you face? Because you are a writer and you face threats. You're right. Uh, the biggest threat I face is my own brain telling me I'm not good enough, I'm not writing enough, and I'm not a real writer. It's a constant struggle, really. You are a real writer. I want. I feel like reaching into your brain and, and like shaking it, but that might hurt you, so I think I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Maybe it'll shake some words out. <laughs> shake some words out. But, you know, there's so many dangers of being a writer. I mean, like, paper cuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've mm-hmm. certainly faced the danger, the agony of paper cuts. I've bled many a drop of blood over the years. I also, as a left-handed writer, <laughs> suffer the shameful, shameful experience of getting ink onto my hand every time I write. And it's hard to be to write in the right way when you're left-handed. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the right way. It's just the better way. But you know, there's the yet bigger danger, the biggest danger, the biggest threat facing writers overall. Writer's block. Oh, don't even say it. Oh, my God. It's so scary. It's out there. It's out <sighs> there. So have you, I can't imagine you, a successful, I mean, you're like publishing, you're like Stephen King, you write so much. You know, I can't imagine you've ever, ever faced. I am ever Stephen faced, King. It's my pseudonym. Stephen King. Yes, no. I know. I can't no. imagine you've ever faced writer's, writer's block. Writer's block plagues every writer, as far as I know, and every academic, because academics are constantly having to write up their results and papers as well. I mean, it's terrifying to stare at a blank page a blank word document, and just put down those initial words. And you know, the funny thing is there's so many nice kinds of blocks. I don't know, sunblock. That's a, posi- <laughs> that's a positive thing. Writer's block. Jenny from the block. Jenny from the block. Another positive thing. But writer's block, less helpful. No, it seems to be one of those struggles that's persisted from the beginning of time. Since humans could write, they could be blocked. <laughs> Well, I feel like a person as innovative as you, as forward-thinking, has come up with innovative forward-thinking strategies to beat writer's block. Well, you know, I could list a number of strategies all day long, Jai, but I think that an academic actually cracked the case decades ago, even before I was born. It's a fair point, you know, because... You know, science is here to help us with our daily lives. That's the point of science. And science is here to answer the question of what works for writer's block. It's true. And so, in fact, (laughs) surprisingly, that's the topic of the podcast this week is a paper or maybe papers that's come Mm -hmm. back from all the way back from 1974. Mm Mm-hmm where they have cracked, or have they cracked, the issue of writer's block. So it comes from a real journal, a really 
prestigious journal, that is, the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, way back in 1974, Dennis Upper, coming to us from the VA hospital in Brockton, Massachusetts, he has come up with, quote, the unsuccessful self-treatment of a case of writer's block. So I uh, hate to put you through this right now. <laughs> Having, you've never seen this before, clearly. Um, no. Could you read the paper? I mean, sorry to make you read All right. the whole thing. Get ready, guys. All right. So this is the unsuccessful self-treatment of a case of writer's block by Dennis Upper. You ready? That's it. There you go. Whoa. Did you miss it? Do you want me to repeat? I think you need to repeat okay. this paper. That's it. Oh, and references? Oh, wow. Okay. Can ready? You, okay. Okay. That's that's them all. Yeah. Dennis Upper really hit the nail on the head here. He basically published a paper with not a single word and was... Well, well that's not exactly true. It had a single word. References. True. So <laughs> So it was almost... This is This is a partial failure, perhaps, but... The important thing here is he was able to publish a paper showing that he could not overcome writer's block, which is very brave to do. And in that way, he overcame writer's block (laughs) by publishing a paper. So, like I said, decades ago, someone already discovered the secret is you don't really overcome writer's block. You become the block. You become the block. And he was able to publish this and just show that you don't have to be successful to be a scientist. So you don't have to be successful to be successful. Right. Wow. So, but maybe we're just too dumb to understand this paper, which at face value looks like a blank piece of paper. Yes. Maybe there are words there, but we can't see them. If only, do you, do you know if anyone's looked into this? So I haven't checked the invisible ink, but there are some comments by a reviewer at the bottom of the mm-hmm. page, with my, which might help you know elucidate what's really going on. Would you like me to read them? I would. Okay, so here's comments by reviewer A. I've studied this manuscript very carefully with lemon juice and x-rays and have not detected a single flaw in either design or writing style. I suggest it be published without revision. Clearly, it is the most concise manuscript I've ever seen, yet it contains sufficient detail to allow other investigators to replicate Dr. Upper's failure. In comparison with other manuscripts I get from you, the journal, containing all that complicated detail, this one was a pleasure to examine. Surely we can find a place for this paper in the journal, perhaps on the edge of a blank page. Well, if brevity is the soul of wit, this is a very soulful paper. This is like a soul food paper. Soul food, the deepest of the deep, into the void of existence. And I'd say reviewer A really understood what was going on here. I love that there was this kind of prescient understanding that replication of these results are important because in science, of course, if your uh, methodology can't be replicated, then it's hard to trust that study, right? The outcomes of that study. Yet there's not a lot of replication in science because it's not as sexy, quote unquote, to publish, you know, just retrying someone else's study. There's always a push to do newer and more exciting studies. But what is more sexy than revealing nothing, being sort of aloof? And this paper, mm-hmm. in fact, reveals zero. This is the sexiest of papers, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to top, but believe it or not, people have tried over the decades, numerous times, actually. You know, I really appreciate the fact that this paper says nothing. I mean, there. and by the way, this is an actual real paper published in literature because so many papers are so wordy, it takes forever to get through them. <laughs> this paper... 
Not that what way. What a relief to review. Oh. What a relief and what a kind review. I mean, anyone who's been through peer review knows it's not the happiest, friendly process, friendliest process. But this reviewer, he's all for it. Yeah, pretty beautiful thing. We don't know what reviewer B said, so <laughs> we thought. But reviewer A, hands down, a supporter. And You know, if I was reviewer B, my review would be very obvious. Blank. Yep. That would that, be that, that, that would be my would, review. I mean, that's usually what you put anyway, right? That's, that's why true. You haven't been asked to review for a while, but it's true. It's yeah. true. So, but as you said, the reviewer was kind of prescient mm-hmm. because it turns out this paper, the not paper paper, has become kind of a phenomenon. Right. It's a kind of a thing, you know, like the scientific literature. It's not staying in place. Way back, you know, 300 years ago, it was addressing 300-year-old problems. But as the needs of society changes, science changes, and the writer's block paper changes to meet, it changes to meet our needs where we are. I mean, it's really incredible. It's brilliant. This paper, in fact, has been replicated. Yeah. So tell me, what came after this? So many papers came out of this. (laughs) It's kind of a cottage industry of people replicating this paper. So, So, for example, here's one from the medical literature, from the journal Medical Education, which was just published four years ago. The unsuccessful treatment of a case of writer's block, quote, unquote, a replication in medical education. And uh, would you care to read this paper? Will do. Abstract. That's it. There is one word. There abstract. is one word, which is abstract. Good intentions. Good. <laughs> <laughs> they start kind with of that stop. abstract. But then it keeps on going. Well, what about another one? Here's one. The unsuccessful group treatment of writer's block, a 10-year follow-up. Wow. Every year now, there is a blank piece of paper published as a follow-up somewhere in the mm-hmm. literature. And I feel like it's kind of come around. There's very much like Krusty the Clown in The Symptoms, that very famous clip of him in like a field full of rakes where he steps on a rake. This is one of my favorite scenes. Yes. <laughs> then he says, ow. Then he takes steps, steps on another rake. Yo. Ow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's Sticks right. with me from childhood. Exactly. So when he first steps on the rake, that's funny. He keeps stepping on a rake. Okay, less funny. Keeps stepping on rakes. Okay, not really funny at all. But then it comes back around the other side and gets to being funny again. Mm-hmm. And that's what these papers are. Yeah. They keep on coming around. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they've kind of done this joke to death. But then they keep doing it done to death, and it's yet funnier yeah. when it comes around. So if you didn't get this at the beginning, folks, this was a joke paper, but published in a real journal, as happens from time to time when scientists, you know, let down their nerdy... <laughs> so I feel good about this because like in the first version of this paper came out in the 70s where like frankly they were publishing anything and I think everyone's high on drugs the whole time anyway making it easier to publish anything sounds totally accurate completely accurate we're in the button down 2020s where <laughs> that's the tagline for the 2020s exactly where I would think fewer drugs are being taken, although that... Just <laughs> different kind of different drugs. Different kinds of drugs. Well, certainly the papers are more boring than they used to be. We still have room for the joke blank page paper. It keeps on rolling around once per year. Yeah, it does make me really happy. I feel like uh, the general impression of scientists and their scientific publications is one of very straight-laced, boring, jargon-filled 
suspender wearing, just completely, <laughs> you know, nerd to the max, ridiculous stuff. And when you have these inside jokes getting spread around, it just it gives me hope for scientists as people and maybe humanity in general. Do you wear suspenders? Do you own suspenders, Kristen Weiss? I own suspenders. But wow. I feel like suspenders on women makes you're making like a statement. Whereas it's suspender true. suspenders it's on true. men I think are more boring just by just by their nature. Yeah, it depends on, you know, how much bling is on those suspenders, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast itself was itself an illustration of the blankness mm-hmm. of the void. You may not remember this, Kristen, because your memory, well, it's not what it used to be, let's be honest. But uh, <laughs> what? We, what are you talking about? I don't know. But where are we? Where are we? Where are we in this time? Why is it so dark? <laughs> but we attempted to record this three days ago, if you'll remember. But maybe you don't. Oh, my God. This isn't the first time we've done this. No. But in fact. I do remember that, in fact, Jai. But Thank in, you but for in, your confidence in my memory well you know it's best not to make assumptions but in fact (laughs) my recorder was not turned on for most of that time so in fact we were recording we were speaking into the void (laughs) a direct illustration of the blankness it was really a meta meta moment a meta moment just as this paper is sort of becomes a moment and there's so many replicants in this paper which make the joke yet more meta right we made it yet even more meta by not recording at all (laughs) that actually brings me to my favorite paper in this series of unsuccessful writer's block treatments so get this it is the unsuccessful treatments of writer's block a meta analysis Mm. and so before we back up what is a meta analysis before we back up I'm going to back up and <laughs> tell you. So generally, a meta-analysis in you know scientific terms is when you are analyzing a lot of different types of data together or a lot of data sets to get a better understanding of all of those data sets together in the context of one big picture or one big question. Yeah, like a very common way this happens is that there's a lot of published papers and you extract the data from those papers to create yet another paper. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. papers generating get more papers. It's it's generating more self-generating papers. Yeah, it's the beautiful natural cycles of science. It's a, it's the circle of life right there. <laughs> yeah, so my favorite thing about this meta-analysis, I mean they could have gone with the meta-analysis blank page. But I see actual words on this page. Check this out. Look, it's not just words. It's multiple pages of words. Multiple pages of words on blankness. I see that there's a abstract and there's a method section. There's well, Mm -hmm. there's even a table and references. This is like a real paper. Their conclusion is that groups of writers are slightly more successful. That's wrong. (laughs) I don't even know how to read this science. Um, individually published papers are less successful at treating writer's block. This seems like some really hard-hitting science right I think that's right wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to read this table. Wait, if there was one, we're going to have to cut all of this. You know, but this all makes sense, is in the sense that you're having trouble making sense of this table looking at <laughs> emptiness. But, you know, but that makes total sense because... Who among us can stare into the void 
and it's understand so it blinding, fully. It's so blinding, Jai. You don't understand. I'm looking into that void and it's terrifying. The terrifyingness of the void. And here they were very bravely trying to do science on that void. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. only did they end up all in insane asylums. <laughs> Because of the sheer yeah. terror of that task, we are about you and to I. As well. <laughs> exactly, that's true. <laughs> All right, folks. So we don't know what this paper is saying. <laughs> it is so meta; it's above our heads. It is above but our heads. Suffice to say that the authors spent probably way more than enough time analyzing whether these other papers overcame writer's block or not. And you know, the overall joke is no, they did not. Do you think you want to further the joke? Are you ready to be publishing your blank page somewhere? I don't even want it to be a joke. I just want to write my book now with blank pages. I mean, why the heck not? That's the next level. Why just a paper? A blank book. Yeah. How to overcome writer's block? Don't, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And the beauty of it is, is that because a book is copyrighted, you then own the copyright on blank pieces of paper. Brilliant. Yep. See, it's it's all coming together. Yeah, I'll give you a free copy. Oh, thank you. I'll give you lots of free copies. <laughs> you can sketch in them, whatever you want. Well, then I wouldn't want to do that because they would no longer be blank. Because I feel that's a very powerful statement you're making by writing a book, which is nothing in it. By saying nothing, in effect, aren't you saying everything you understand me, Jai. You I really do. get it. I and do. And I think a lot more people would get it if they were able to purchase that book. Coming fall 2020 on Amazon or on any fine bookseller near you. Yeah, so nobody out there scoop me, please. <laughs> yeah, it turns out this is a hard one to talk about. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. This was a really difficult topic to talk about because there's not much to talk about. That's true. In fact, it turns out my ability to talk about nothing, which I had thought was superhumanly perfect. In fact, even I cannot talk on for long periods about nothing. Yeah, we found the one thing that Jai cannot talk forever about. (laughs) So maybe that in and of itself is success. We successfully overcame writer's block by blocking Jai's ability to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, world. Yet another thing I'm not good at. Thanks. All right. Well, I think that's everything that we have to say on this <laughs> on this topic. Ever, ever again. Ever again. Thanks for listening. Into the void. There you have it. Into the void. Farewell. Goodbye.